Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. In this episode, I am going to do everything I can to remain unbiased and 100% factual, uh, but we're going to be talking about what health or healthcare and that sort of thing might look like under uh, Mr. Biden and the uh, Democratic Party's uh presidency or I I don't want to get into too much details here because I know this is kind of a hot topic and a lot of people are very worked up over, you know, is Mr. Biden the president or is he not and all these different things. So I don't want to, again, I'm trying to stay middle ground here uh, and I'm doing my best to do that. But I want to talk about different things, um, about health, about fitness, about healthcare, what all these different things might look like under uh, Mr. Biden. So with that, so uh, starting off with um, different things that Biden has done in the past. So in the past, he has been a huge proponent of various uh, farm bills. So one of them specifically I have pulled up is the Farm Security and Rural Investment Act of 2002. And essentially, these are different government-funded uh, subsidies and different government programs that support the farmers. And personally, I would like to say that I am all for supporting the Farmers of America. These are the people who, as far as I'm concerned, are some of the hardest working I've ever met. Um, So these people, farmers in general, uh, from what I've seen in my experiences, uh, going to different farms in the area, that sort of thing, they're up early. Uh, I was uh, on a dairy farm, uh, not like working or anything, but visited a dairy farm a few times, and they started their day at 3.30 in the morning. They had to milk cows at 4 a.m. They had to milk cows again at noon. Then they had to milk cows again at 8 at night. And that whole process took about two hours. So they were up at 3.30 to go up to the barn at 4, and they were there until 6. And they were up there at 8, milking cows until 10 at night. That's a long day, and you can't go on a vacation. You can't take a day off. You do that every single day. So I have a lot of respect for people like farmers who are up and at it every day for very little in return. There's a lot of lack of respect. There's not a whole, uh, excuse me, a lot of, there's not a whole lot of money involved in farming. It's not a big industry that everyone's, you know, rushing right into and booming. So I have a lot of respect for the people who spend their lives doing it. And I think we, as a nation, need to do a better job at taking care of them. But looking at these different subsidies and other things that um, were voted, you know, thumbs up, yes, approved. We spent $18 million as a country subsidizing tobacco. We talk about how bad tobacco is and all of the health problems that can arise from tobacco use. And yet, in one of, um, again, I'm looking at Farm Security and Rural Investment Act of 2002 specifically, we spent $18 million subsidizing tobacco. What? Excuse me? Um, Science says tobacco is bad. 
We've got numerous studies, numerous doctors who say that. Why are we spending $18 million to support it? With that, sugar. Pretty much everyone will agree sugar is bad. Yet we subsidized $61 million for sugar. So, so far, that's $79 million we've subsidized on tobacco and sugar. There's a lot of better things that we could have done with $79 million, in my opinion. Maybe you disagree, but I don't think we need to be spending millions and millions of dollars on things that we know are bad for people's health. I'm going to throw in one more from this specific bill. Vegetable oil products. We know vegetable oil is not good. We know that it causes inflammation. It's high in omega-6 fatty acids, which are not good. The list goes on and on and on. They're bad. And yet, we spent $11 million subsidizing them. So if my math is right, 11 plus 18 is 29. Add 61 to that, that's $90 million that we spent subsidizing tobacco, sugar, and vegetable oil. Three things that we know are bad. Three things that decrease your overall health. I'm just scratching my head as to why we would be approving things that are bad to our health when we say we're going to improve the health of the nation and listen to science. We know that things like sugar and excessive uh, vegetable oil consumption are risk factors for COVID-19. We know that smoking is a big risk factor for COVID-19. So I don't understand how putting more money into those industries is actually listening to science. And if I'm wrong, if you understand it, please reach out to me and explain it to me. And again, I'm trying to be as neutral as I can here because... Again, you know, this bill was passed, so a lot of people at the time, a lot of politicians supported it. I just know that Mr. Biden was one of the ones that voted yes to it. I just don't understand how we can say we're going to listen to science and eradicate the virus when we're pouring millions of dollars into um, industries that actually decrease the health of Americans. Um, And for more on uh, the vegetable oil thing, because, you know, a lot of people are kind of skeptical. They're like, well, you know, I heard vegetable oil is good for me because it's got less saturated fat or whatever. Um, I'd like to refer you to a article published in BMJ. I believe that's British Medical Journal. Uh, This year, actually, October 29th, uh, U.S. nutritionists call for dietary guideline limits on saturated fat intake to be lifted. So leading nutritional science uh, scientists in America have actually suggested the U.S. needs to rethink their dietary guidelines and actually lift the intake on saturated fats. Things like grass-fed butter and coconut oil are super high in saturated fats. And yet, consuming things like grass-fed butter and coconut oil do not make you fat. They don't give you diseases. So, it would make sense that consuming these healthy foods that are sources of all kinds of different vitamins, minerals, nutrients that your body needs, 
that's a good thing. So why limit yourself on your intake of those? Um, so obviously stay tuned and watch to see what impact that has moving forward. Um, additionally, so you probably saw me post a thing on Instagram at Braun Body. Um, I was kind of confused um, and I did have a couple good conversations about this. Um, about one of the individuals who is uh, appointed to Mr. Biden's coronavirus task force team. His name is Ezekiel Emanuel. And I'm just going to talk about the conversation I had with a friend about this. Um, so this doctor's personal belief is that he wants to live to 75 years old and that there's no point of living past 75 um, he cites things like increased risks for diseases and various health conditions and that sort of thing. And I mean, in one way, he's right. Your risk for different diseases and different health problems will increase as you age. The older you get, the more susceptible you are to them. Um, compare your body to a car for a second. If you have a car that's brand new, odds are... You're expecting it to run fine, run good, no problems. If you have a car that's 40, 50 years old even, and your car has a couple hundred thousand miles on it, you know it's on its last leg, and you're just pushing through, getting what you can out of it. So thinking about it like that, it would make sense that you know, you're more likely to have diseases and that sort of thing, and that's all research proven as you age. Now here's where... I kind of falter, and um, the friend I was talking to with this actually disagreed too, um, even though he um, voted for Mr. Biden. Um, he was talking about how instead of actually like just saying, you know, we just cut it off there, um, we should instead focus on prevention. It's going back to the car analogy. If you're putting in higher quality fuel into your car, odds are you're going to get more and better results from driving your car. If you put the uh, highest quality fuel in your car, you might get better gas mileage. Your engine might run better, yada, yada, yada. Well, the same is true for the human body. As we know, if you exercise and then you're active and you move around regularly, and on top of that, if you're eating healthy, so you're putting the right fuel into your body, you're going to cut down and reduce your risk of different diseases and different health conditions. Um, and the list goes on. I mean, we could talk about frailty. We could talk about osteoporosis. We could talk about cancers, heart disease, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, you name it. There's probably some kind of link to your overall health habits and what you're doing on a daily basis and the risk of that condition. We see this again with COVID-19. So my hope is that this uh, doctor, again, his name is Ezekiel Emanuel. Um, I couldn't remember his last name there. I had to check real quick. Um, my hope is that, you know, he's a oncologist, I believe, that he can take some time here to head the task force and kind of focus on, you know, eradicating the virus through treating the underlying health conditions because simply putting a mask on it's kind of like putting a band-aid over an infected wound yeah it's not 
going to, you know, continue to, like, get more and more bacteria and viral particles exposed to the infect the wound because you covered the wound bed, but you never took care of the underlying problem. And this is one thing, um, and this goes across the board here, um, I don't think anyone has done a good job of addressing this yet. Again, I'm doing my best to stay neutral here. I don't want to lean too far to the left. I don't want to lean too far to the right. Um, but I don't think anyone has started to look at the issue of the health of our nation. I don't think anyone has addressed the fact that we have insane overweight and obesity rates. We have insane numbers of metabolic syndrome, of diabetes, of obesity, of you name it, hyperlipidemia, hypertension, the list goes on and on. The amount of people that still smoke is even kind of crazy to me. So in order to uh, fully treat this virus, because again, your human body can actually fight off a virus on its own. So in order for that to happen, your body has to be functioning properly. Your immune system has to be functioning properly. And if you're not taking care of your body then it doesn't matter if you wear a mask. It doesn't matter if you're getting the vaccine. You know, if we can't take care of our own health, anytime there's a new virus or some new bug out there, for lack of a better term, we could have to wear masks, shut down, lock down, that sort of thing all over again. I mean, think about it. If your body cannot fight off an infection, then what will happen? So... With that, you know, if wearing a mask and distancing and being locked down and all these different things is the life you want, then, you know, be my guest. But personally, I think there's a better way, and that's treating the underlying causes, all these different risk factors for not only this virus, but all kinds of different diseases. Because the thing about diseases is they're a downward spiral. When you get one, you tend to be more susceptible to others. And with that comes in with vaccine effectiveness. So vaccines, you know, they obviously give you and administer a dose of the vaccine. It's not the same level of effectiveness for everyone. Everyone's body, unique physiology is going to react differently to a vaccine. So it's great that we have a vaccine that's showing promise right now and looking good. But what I'm saying is that... Um, Looking at the new vaccine we have for the virus now, it was, I think they said, 90% effective. So that sounds good, but that, what about that other 10%? What about them? And again, everyone responds differently. So some people, their body is going to respond as it should to the vaccine and everything is good. What about those that doesn't? What about those who have such a compromised immune system and immune state that their body cannot respond as it should to the vaccine. And these are all points I'm just bringing up for you to consider and think about. I, again, I'm doing my best to stay open-minded and neutral with everything. And sometimes I think you need to think about these things and consider them for yourselves. Think freely. There's a lot of different science that conflicts out there. Some people, some scientists believe that the vegan diet is the diet of the future. 
Others believe that the carnivore diet or a keto diet is the diet of the future and that's the way people are supposed to eat. Who's right? Well, if you listen to the scientists, both are right. So you need to be able to think freely for yourself and figure out what you're going to follow. Um, so getting back on track after that little uh, rant there, uh, the last thing, I, well, two things I wanted to talk about was, um, I'll start with economic. So one big thing was that the tax rates for anyone over the $400,000 a year um, rate will be going up. So if you're earning more than $400,000 a year, you're going to be taxed more. Um, at least that was my understanding uh, from the website and claims made by uh, Mr. Biden and his supporters. Um, and this is, this sounds great. This is a classic Robin Hood analogy. So take from those who have a lot, give to those who need it. And I am all for things like charity. I am all for things that involve giving to those who are less fortunate. I'm all for serving other people. I think these are all great things. I think it just comes down to human decency. And I think the world needs more of this. <sighs> but you knew that was coming. The thing about taxes is if you know how to work the tax system, you can get off without paying a whole lot. So if you are an entrepreneur or if you're in the business world, you know that reinvesting and putting your money into assets can actually lead to tax breaks. So what do we mean by that? Well, say I have a business and I earn a million dollars. That sounds great, right? Million dollars. Well, if I reinvest those million dollars, I take all that money I made and I put it back into my business or another business and put that money back into the economy, I will be taxed less, if taxed at all, than someone who takes that million dollars and holds on to it. So with that in mind, what you're going to do is you're going to actually encourage people to reinvest because they're going to look at it and say, look, so I could either pay this amount of money in taxes or I could reinvest the money and uh, keep it in the form of an asset. So property, land, um, whatever that way. Um, and, you know, then they have to pay less. Either way, they're going to uh, lose, so to speak, the money. But it's a matter of is it given to the government or do they keep it in the form of an asset? And this is one thing I will say. I don't know if his tax reform plan uh, involves addressing that. Maybe it does. Maybe he's um, going to take that option to, quote unquote, work the system a little bit away. And if so, then obviously you're not going to have anyone doing that because it will no longer be an option. But... I would be concerned about some of these larger companies moving stuff overseas. And what I mean by that is think about Ford Motors, for example. So Ford, I believe, built a large truck plant down in Mexico because uh, the economy and business market in Mexico was more friendly than it was in America. 
or some of the largest clothing manufacturers in America. So think about companies like Nike, Adidas, all these things. How often do you get clothing from them that says made in the USA? So again, I don't know for a fact what's going to happen. And the reason I'm bringing up economic here is because people often think of health and fitness as being an expensive thing. You know, it costs money to buy organic fruits and vegetables. It costs money to buy the grass-fed, sustainably raised meats or free-range chicken. It costs money to hire a trainer or go to a gym or put in a uh, home gym at your house. And if there's less in the American economy, then all of these things are going to become more difficult for people. Just natural progression there. And again, I can't see the future. I really don't know what's going to happen. I don't have all the details and inner workings of the tax reform plan because I don't understand all of them. Um, you really have to know your stuff here with uh, that sort of thing. And that's just not my area of specialty. And I openly admit that. Um, but those are just some of the things that I see. And as I said, there's good about it. There's also some questionable things about it. And what happens, I don't really know, but that's just my take on it. Um, so the last thing is when it comes to uh, health care, um, I believe that Mr. Biden's plan from, again, what I've seen on his website and what he's talked about is going to expand and build upon the Affordable Care Act. Um, so... That was one of the big things in 2008. Um, a lot of people referred to it as um, Obamacare. Um, and this was something that is very mixed. Some people thought this was a great thing and they loved it. Other people could not stand for it. Um, they did not like it. Well, I am not going to give you my opinion on that. Um, personally, I think this is another thing you have to form your own opinion. You have to go out there and do your research on it. Um, he has said that he is very against um, single-payer health care things. So that would be things like Medicare for all. And I think that is a good thing. Um, so I think, you know, what are we talking about here? Creating a public health insurance option um, that's with the goal of expanding health insurance coverage to Americans. Um, again, these things sound great. I just don't know what the future is going to hold and I don't, I can't tell you what's going to happen. So these are things that you should be aware of and open-minded about and committed to learning more about yourself. And, you know, you look back at the original Affordable Care Act under, uh, President Barack Obama, and that was very mixed. Some people thought it was a great thing, loved it had great impact on them. Other people could not stand it. So a lot of this stuff gets hard to tease out the differences between the, you know, the opinions and the facts, uh, especially in the modern world that we live in. And although I will be entering the healthcare field in about a year from now, which is kind of crazy, as a doctor of physical therapy, I don't have all the inner workings and knowledge of health insurance, just like I don't have all the inner workings and knowledge of the American tax system. Um, there's some things that I am just not an expert on, 
and unfortunately I had a hard time trying to find someone who had that area of expertise and knowledge and was willing to shed some light on it here on the show. And I realize you're probably listening to this and you're like, okay, so, so far we've basically just gotten this list of points and we need to look into them more. And I'm here to tell you, yes, you do. Because, you know, at the end of the day, all of this stuff is so conflicting. What one scientist or researcher or doctor will say can totally disagree and conflict with what another one says. So who do you follow? Um, and this goes back to uh, one of my favorite um, things that I've heard from a podcast was uh, the Game Changers debate. I think Joe Rogan hosted that and uh, Dr. Chris Kresser was on it. Uh, but basically, there's this, you know, the movie The Game Changers was released and it was very pro-vegan diet, saying that we should all be plant-based. And, you know, you can look at that and say, you know, there's some evidence to support that the vegan diet is very good for some people. But can you actually take one nutrition approach and apply it to every single person? I would argue, no, I think you need more individualized nutrition because at the end of the day, everyone's individual anatomy and physiology is different. But again, you had You've got scientists, researchers, doctors, nutritionists, you name it, on both sides of the coin. You've got professional athletes on both sides of the coin. You've got athletes that say that, you know, going plant-based really helped them. That's great. You've got athletes that say, you know, switching over to a keto diet or a paleo diet really helped them. And that's great too. At the end of the day, it's helping people. So, you know, it's kind of difficult to pick one side and stick with them and follow through 100% of the time, because a lot of this stuff really depends on the person and it depends on the individual. And I know we're looking for one cut and dry, clear cut answer for all these things. And I'm sorry that it doesn't exist. I'm sorry. Um, And I wish I could make it more clear for you on the show and on the podcast. But again, a lot of these things, I'm trying to bring up different points I see, different things I've seen in the past and um things like that, trying to do it in an unbiased, neutral way that allows you to see some of the facts while, in addition, being made aware of all these different things that you might have missed and allowing you to form your own opinion based upon that. And at the end of the day, I don't really have a preference what your opinion is. You can, you know, support different things that we've brought up. You can be against them. You can be for uh, Mr. Biden. You can be for Mr. Trump. You can be for um, someone totally different, Libertarian Party, Green Party. You could decide that, you know, I'm just going to leave the country. I'm going to leave America because I can't take this place anymore. At the end of the day, that's all well and good. I mean, you do you. I'm not going to, I mean, it's a free country. Like, you can do what you want here in America, as long as it's not against the law. So if you vote left or you vote right, or you vote in the middle or you vote somewhere else, if you write in Mickey Mouse on your ballot, whatever it is, like you have the freedom to do that. So use that freedom to dive into some of these different topics, think freely and be open-minded about them. 
and see what you can find out, see what you can learn, and we'll just kind of see what happens these next four years. Um, so again, I really hope that was neutral. I didn't want to, you know, tip a scale to the left or the right or anything like that. I just wanted to keep it clear down the middle. Um, and before I go, I'd like to give a big thank you and shout out to all of our veterans who have served our, our uh, great nation today. So a lot of people in my life, uh, some high school friends, um, some friends, um, well, family members, my Uncle Bob, uh, my grandfather. My grandfather actually served in the Vietnam War. Um, a lot of people who, you know, have really done a lot for our country. And huge thank you to them. A lot of respect to all of them. And I hope that you all listening can take this day and use it to serve someone who has served us. So thank you again for listening. And again, please feel free to reach out at Braun Body with Braun with a W on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, because I would love to hear more thoughts and opinions on this. If you feel like I was too skewed to the left, or if you decided, you know, I was too skewed to the right, um, whatever it is, please let me know because I'm trying my best to keep this unbiased. But as you know, it can be very difficult in today's day and age when it feels like everything is biased one way or the other. So thanks again for listening. Hope you have a great day. And thanks for supporting the Brown Body Podcast.